Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode of the Self Love Club is brought to you by Casey, normalizing self care and empowering you with the best advice, skincare, and treatments to feel confident in your skin. Start your journey to skin confidence. Book a $70 skin conditioning treatment, usually $120, at kc.co.nz. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. On the show, it's another edition of Therapy Sessions with clinical hypnotherapist Caroline Cranshaw. Think therapy that is a little bit loose. We cover people-pleasing, what is it and why do we do it, and practical tips to help us not do it. Why do people say mean things? You know, internalized misogyny, tall poppy, and miserable meniitis. Negative comments, why is it getting worse? Tips and tricks to keep doing your thing. Also, this episode is a bit vulnerable, vulnerable for me. I chat about some stuff that's been going on for me behind the scenes that has been pretty hard at times. After listening to this, make sure you listen to our previous Therapy Sessions episodes. Right, let's get into it. Caroline, welcome back to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for coming to have a chat. We are we usually record in person, and thanks to the internet and how we've all learned to do things online, we can still chat today. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Now, today we're talking about people-pleasing, uh, something I'm pretty sure a lot of us do as humans. Some of us are wired to do it more than others, perhaps. But what is it and why do we do it? So, the disease to please. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, I am a recovering people-pleaser myself, and the more I learned about it and studied it, like I learned about it from my own therapy and then becoming a therapist. Now I, I help clients with it all the time. But it's actually a trauma response. It's a nervous system response and it's an, an adaptation, you know. So there's fight, flight, freeze, and then there's fawn, right? And so fawning is that when we're really overly nice and we you know, say things that we think people want to hear. And it's it's really just this protective mode that we go into. And it's really based off our earliest environments when they might have been unsafe or unpredictable. So we become hyper vigilant. We can become hyper aware of how other people are feeling. And then we do whatever we can to make them feel better. And a lot of times we'll do that by not asking for what we need or not be honest about what we think or feel because that may not have been safe for us. But I think also it's not just that you had this horrible traumatic childhood. There could have been a lot of stress in the family from other things. And we realize that when we ask for our needs or when we're honest, we might be adding to that stress. So we really learn to stuff that down and we don't want to add to it. Do you think most humans do this or is it more if you're in a situation like that where it's sort of taught to you and that's how you take on things? I think the majority of us do. Absolutely. I, I think we have an innate desire and want to be liked and to get along because that keeps us safe, right? If no one likes us, we're not nearly as safe in the world. So it's part of the human condition. But I think some families or environments encourage it more. Yeah, I think it's something a lot of us maybe started when we were young through these situations in our families or whatever was going on. And I remember as well, I don't know about you, um, that you know, being at school and being nice to people or not even doing anything mean and people not liking you and I just always would say to my mom, well, why don't they like me? I'm nice. Like, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm just being myself. And I guess that can start at school when you are when you realize that people don't like you. And that's something I noticed for me. And that was when I first sort of started picking up on it. Yeah. And I think, I think if we grew up in a family where it was encouraged to be totally honest and it was okay to be completely ourselves, and that is very rare, <laughs> that we wouldn't default into that people-pleasing mode. But I think for whatever reason, I know my parents were really 
people pleasers themselves. And so I also learned that by watching them and how they reacted in their relationships and with their family members. So it was like, oh, well, that's how you behave. So I absolutely did that at school as well. And people just shat on me for it, really. Yeah, no, totally. And do you think it's something that, I mean, obviously, regardless of your gender, people could experience this. But I feel like as women, historically, we're often taught to, you know, be quiet, be nice, do this. And, you know, you almost when you're a kid, you'd sometimes get told off or told this is what you had to do. And I know obviously being a child, you've got to do what your parents tell you to do. I'm not saying that at all, but you're sort of taught to do things that you didn't really want to do because you had to be a good girl, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it is. Be a good girl. Like what my mother always used to say to me is be sweet, be your own sweet self. And I'm like, I don't want to be sweet. (laughs) 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 Just for me. But I had this message of, I need to be a good girl, right? And when you weren't a good girl, when you weren't honest, or when you were honest or said things that people might consider rude or asked for really what you needed, I think that then it's like that equates as bad. Mm. And so we internalize that. I think the other thing, like bringing it up that, you know, if you get bullied at school or people are mean to you, I know for myself, like I wouldn't be mean to someone unless they deserved it. And so when someone was cruel to me or did mean things to me, I'd be like, oh, like I must have done something. So just try to be nicer, Mm -hmm. right? Being nicer never worked. It just almost encouraged them to be worse, really. But it's it's not having boundaries as well. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of it starts for us at school. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about some other things in this episode as well, but that's when a whole lot of factors comes into play as well. I mean, obviously, people-pleasing, but there's a huge tall poppy culture in this country, and I know in Australia and other places as well. We basically live in a world that doesn't want us to love ourselves or doesn't want us to think we're great. That's essentially what I'm learning through the work I'm doing and, and what I'm trying to unpack here, but... You know, when you're at school and people are mean to you and bullying you, I think a lot of us have experienced that. That's just like what happens, right? And I think a lot of us will take away, I know for me, especially if I didn't do anything wrong and I wasn't like, I was just doing my thing. Like, you know, I know I'm probably a bit weird and out there sometimes, but I was actually quite a quiet kid in a lot of ways. I just confidently would do my things. And then I was actually quite shy and people, if they bully you, you think, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I was the kid that would get bullied and then stand up for another kid getting bullied because I just can't stand. I'm like, why would you be so mean? And then I remember having these conversations. I can still remember in my head having these conversations with my mom. It's like, you think there's something wrong with you because people are being mean to you. And then over time, you can sort of start that really, if that happens over and over again, that's where I think for a lot of us, we think, oh, there's something wrong with us because people are affirming this behavior and treating you in a way, which if you're quite a literal sweet person, you take it on as being like, oh, well, they're all mean to me, so it must must be something wrong with me, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm not good enough. But I think if people are being mean to you, they're either intimidated, jealous, feel inferior in some way, or being triggered by you for whatever reason. But it's it's not normally necessarily just because of you or what you're doing it's it's all about them what are some ways so if we've grown up as people pleasers and all this behavior that we've learned that's so hard to unpack because it's maybe the way you've always lived your life how can we stop doing it like what are some tips please from a recovering people pleaser what do we do (laughs) well you know it's interesting I remember going to therapy I can't remember which time but one of the many (laughs) times I went and did psychotherapy and talked about people pleasing and how I had certain friends that I just would always, you know, they would just be quite mean and I would try to people please. And she said, well, you know, people pleasing is manipulation. And I was like, what? No, it's not. Like, no, I'm nice. I'm just conflict adverse. adverse. And she's like, well, by avoiding the conflict and being a people pleaser, you are manipulating. It's not honest. You are trying to control an outcome by not saying what you really think or feel. And so therefore you're being, you know, manipulative and you need to stop it. And I was like, it was like a slap in the face for me, realizing that I was manipulating with people pleasing. The number one way that you can stop people pleasing is start being honest. Start saying no. A book that really helped me with that is a book called Radical Honesty. But he talks about how most stress in life comes from not being honest. And not to be cruel, like I don't believe like honesty without tact is cruelty, but I think it is so important to start 
speaking up and saying, no, I don't want to do that, or I'm not comfortable with that, or this is what I'd like to do instead. Yeah, Because you're doing someone a disservice by not being honest. They're not having total amount of information to make their own decisions as well. And yeah, that for me was what really helped change it and be okay with people not really being that happy with my <laughs> initial honesty because I hadn't been for so long. Like I'd just gone along with things or said what I thought people wanted to hear. And when I started being honest, there was definitely some pushback. So I think that's something to think about or to be aware of and look out for, but to keep doing it because then you're teaching other people to be honest as well. And the truth will set you free, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. There's so many questions I want to ask you about this. You know, how do you not care what people think so much in a world that doesn't want you to think you're that great. Essentially, that's the world we live in. I know we're seeing a lot more movement now and it's really great and I'm here for it, but being yourself and in, in, in a down-to-earth, humble way, how do you not care if people don't like that? Well, you're still going to care, right? If you're human, of course it's hurtful. And, and you and I both have experience of this, of like people leaving reviews or comments or things that are pretty nasty, online. And I, I mean, I just delete and block, delete and block as much as I can. And if I can't, then I just think you must be pretty sad person, right? Like I, I have, I try to turn it around to empathy and feel sorry for that person really. And, you know, send them some links to some good therapists. Yes. Yeah. Obviously they need it Yeah, because normal People don't go around, I shouldn't say normal, but healthy people yeah. don't go around making horrible comments to other people, tearing them down. That's not a healthy, nice thing to do. Oh, yeah, there's that word nice. Just know that you still are going to care, but just know it says everything about them and nothing about you. And there might be some gold in that. There might be something you can take away from it. I know for myself, when I started doing like corporate training, there'd always be one in the group that'd be like, that's wrong or this or that, you know, and they would like call out all the stuff I was doing wrong and it would be very flustering. And so I started just going up to whoever that person was in the group and going, I love constructive criticism, but it's just, you know, if you keep like yelling it out, it's going to be like, you know, put the group off or, you know, dis disruptive. So if you could just write everything that I do wrong down and let me know at the end, that'd be so helpful. And they would. And it actually was like really helpful. And, mm. and none of them actually wrote down anything unkind. It was more like, you're wrong about this page number and there's a typo here. And it gave them something to do. But it actually, when I took my ego out of it, because I'm never going to be perfect at anything really, right? It's just trying my best that it actually really helped me improve. So I was able to kind of reframe it and go, all right, what will I find helpful in this? Yeah, there's so much to get through. I thought since you did mention, you know, social media and reviews and things, that is something that a lot of us, I mean, I've worked in radio for over 13 years now. It is something when the media or when you put yourself out there in the public eye like you have as well, you get used to it and it's part of the job, right? It's people aren't going to always like you and that's just part of it. And sometimes that stuff can really hurt, you know? Like I've heard of a lot of people in the industry and people who have podcasts talk about this as well, that when it happens, most of the time I'm completely fine. There's often comments and a lot. this is a lot of behind the scenes sort of chat, but there's a lot of things that happen and you just have to let it slide. People don't like change. People in radio will complain if you, oh, you used to do this this way, and da, da, da. And we're all for constructive, but you just can't please everyone. And also, no. it's it's a free service for them. So we love them and we love our audience and we do. And it's a privilege to make content for an audience and to have them listening to us. But you can't listen to every single thing because people complain. If you saw some of the complaints in this industry that you get over time, you would be like, what, what, like, what do you mean you complain about that? But I got to say lately, I've been getting some and maybe it's a sign, I've talked to you about this privately, maybe it's that things are getting bigger with my work, which is a good thing, but I created this safe space. You know, sometimes then you get a few negative comments and of course, for some reason, you focus on those, which is human psychology, right? And it is something I've been battling with a little bit lately, just because just I've been getting them over three years now on this podcast, but tiny amounts and mostly like thousands of positive comments, messages, all that stuff. And that's lovely. But sometimes when you get a negative one and they're really silly ones, like, you know, people telling me to shut up and not talk on my own podcast. I'm like, stop talking. I'm like, hello, 
this is my podcast. Like, and and I am, I understand. Like, I I am a very good interviewer, and of course, I'm not perfect. But when I interview people, I shut up, and I am able to get a lot out of my guests because I listen to them and I make them feel safe. And that's my style and how I do it. Again, very behind the scenes chat. But I think when there's been some episodes more like this where they're features and it's more of a conversation I'm like how do I explain that to the audience that I'm not going to be as quiet because we are having a discussion this is a feature yeah it's just hard to know how to handle it sometimes when you're dealing with all this behind the scenes stuff and putting out a show to people and you don't want to punish them with it and I it's such a privilege for me to do this and I love doing it but there's a few things I think now that spoil it for me and I've heard these girls who have a podcast that is huge actually talk about wanting to maybe quit last year because they were just like oh it's just getting a bit much people's expectations on you and and criticism of you when you change one little thing on your podcast that you make for them for free and again we're very grateful that people listen and everything it's just a lot to deal with sometimes that you're and you're you know putting out a show and a happiness but there's stuff that you get behind the scenes which you're like oh just makes you a bit sad you know yeah and I think if you really cared if you really wanted to help someone improve their podcast, would you give them a shitty review and mm. put it there? Or are you being a little bitch? Mm. <laughs> like that's my, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you really cared, wouldn't you send a private message or a DM saying, hey, you know, just so you know, blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't put it in a public forum and give them like a lower re- review. Yeah. The thing is, we're all under so much pressure and they're probably people pleasers as well, right? So they can't like go and be shitty to the people who are pissing them off. Mm. And so they are finding external ways to let off that steam. They're getting mad about something else and like venting their anger that way because it's not safe for them to actually be honest and say what they think in their own lives. Yeah. But I think you're not ever going to please everybody. And the more you try, the less you'll please anyone. Right. Mm. So I think you please yourself. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. And there's going to be people that don't like it. I guess, is it learning to toughen up? Is it learning to not take it personal? I think the more we become confident and love ourselves, the less it sticks to us as well. Mm. But I know what you mean. I found that, especially in radio, like every week comments like, oh, Caroline Cranchard doesn't know what she's talking about. She has no value. I'm not even going to listen to your show if you keep having her on. And it was like, I've been in this game since I was 19 I'm used to that and while I have had I've been very lucky to mostly have a really nice audience in radio there were people that used to say mean things but it didn't touch the sides for me but I think for me creating this thing going through some personal things while I've been doing the self-love club it's like it just makes me feel sad because I'm here trying to unpack and help out with these systems and this behavior that people do to love themselves more. And then people, it's like, come on, guys, like this is a safe, sacred space to try unpack the misogyny, to unpack the patriarchy, to talk through these things. It's always been a very warm space and people are always so sweet and lovely and kind and they still are. But I've just noticed some more negativity and I'm thinking, because people do say when things get bigger um, or, you know, they're building and everything, that can happen. Sometimes people say a a reaction's a good thing, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's taken a bit of the fun out of it for me lately um, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes and I just think it's really sad when you're trying to help people and you literally create the self-love club and then people come and be mean to that space. Um, It just, that's why I think it upsets me the most is because, I put so much into this. I have sacrificed so much for this. There, are, Yeah, there are things that people don't know that I've gone through while doing this, like we all do in life. And and you don't know what people have been through or what, they're, what it's taken for them to get to somewhere. So I think it's just a reminder to be kind to people. And if you're not willing to put yourself out in the arena, man, like be nice. It's really unkind what does Brene Brown say you know it's like if you're not going to put yourself out there even Britney references it in a song you know if you're not going to put yourself out there bye you know fuck off yeah Yeah. like let me know where your podcast is what I want to say when I get comments like that is let me know where your podcast is so I can listen to it and give you a review like are you doing a fucking podcast Mm. too I don't think so 
But again, that goes back into being petty and judgmental. Yeah, (laughs) I'm always very nice to them and like, I love constructive feedback. Don't get me wrong. Like, I can take it. I've been taking it since I was a teenager because I want to be the best at what I do. If it's constructive and it's making me better at my job, I know that sometimes I say like too much. It's a it's really hard to break and especially in this type of interview where the style is to it's very relaxed and that's how I get what I get off this podcast from the guests. That's how I get them to open up. It's very relaxed. It is a skill I use and because it's so conversational, sometimes a like pops out and someone might say something about me saying like too much. I've seen that before. And I get it. I try to work on that. Trust me, I do. That's constructive. That's cool. But when you're just being mean and saying, I don't like, shut up, Belle. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, why are you talking? Sorry, but this is my podcast and you don't have to listen. Like, I love and appreciate everyone listening. This is why it's risky saying because I don't want to sound ungrateful because I'm definitely not. I, The listeners have been, you know, so sweet and allow me to do what I do and I'm so grateful and it's such an honour and privilege to make content that people actually listen to so I am so grateful but you can imagine what it's like for me behind the scenes when I'm one person doing this yes I have a few people here and there that I do some stuff with but essentially it's me doing everything and uh, it's it's hard I don't have like a lot of talent will have you know, a producer or a management to talk to. I have a therapist because I have to go to therapy to do this job. A thing to think about or a good question to ask is whose love did you really crave when you were a child? Was it your mother, your father? Was it someone else or another caregiver? And then think about who did you have to be to get their love? You know, it's like being a good girl or good person. And then we feel uncomfortable really being honest. We feel uncomfortable saying, fuck you, this is my podcast and I'll do it how I want. Or, Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good for you to speak out about it. The more we're honest, the more we're authentic. Yeah, we're not going to make everybody happy, but I think we're going to find more people who really resonate mm. and really love us. It gives them the opportunity or showing them how being honest is okay, being authentic is all right. Mm. But for people who who do it that way, they're just obviously venting and yeah. some and it's always a very way. it's always a very small amount. I mean, I'm I, this is the thing with human psychology. My boyfriend sent me a link to a podcast recently where they were talking about how five good things will happen, but one bad thing happens, and of course, what do we focus on? We focus on the bad thing. We're wired to. The world is. It's how the, the, you know, people say, oh, the media is so negative. It's because people like bad stuff more. If you put good news out there, people don't want to read it, which is so cooked about the human brain. It says a few things, doesn't it? But, you know, so we, we are wired to focus on the bad. And more recently, I posted about being vaccinated and... Most people, a lot of support. I didn't do it to get support. I just put it out there because I feel like if I have a platform, I want to try use it for good, right? I don't see the point otherwise. Most people, amazing. Very few, um, again, a minority, but some very nasty messages from women who interestingly have children. You know, often their bio will say like, love and kindness, be kind always. And then they're telling you things like, sending you like I didn't get threats personally but I know that my friends who work on the online space and people I've had on this podcast on in Australia they were getting death threats saying horrible things about like your mother who's passed away will be so disappointed in you and then people saying things to me and I don't even know if I want to say it exactly right because I don't want it to be triggering to someone else that might be listening say it but essentially someone (laughs) said to me was or good luck having babies or the other was I hope your babies are deformed and again I don't want to say that because I'm like I don't I'm such a people pleaser that I don't want anyone else to hear that and get upset so I often would not to protect other people well no study has ever shown that babies are deformed from this vaccination and i am not an anti-vaxxer but i am anaphylactic to a lot of vaccines and i've had a lot you know anaphylactic allergies so i'm kind of on that other side where i get a medical exemption so i understand the fear around it Mm. but i don't go around attacking people yeah and again their choices yeah it's very obviously it's a very few people i mean you're seeing the stats most of us are vaccinated so they're very a very tiny but nasty minority and they bang on about mental health but then yet they're sliding into strangers dms telling them to go kill themselves and horrible things you know like sorry but you don't get to pull the mental health card when you go and do things like that meanwhile posting photos of your children there's a lot of a lot of yucky stuff happening in the world right now and it's not that nice when you are trying to create nice content to put on the world out in the world 
uh, it's actually hard to be. I think a lot of people I speak to that are in work like I do, we are finding it like a bit tricky right now because people can be quite mean at the moment. <laughs> but, you know, you just got to yeah. keep going and putting goodness out into the world and being kind and try protect yourself and just focus on that stuff. Strangely, those comments didn't even yeah. touch the side. Like, that just shows you that you sort of, in this industry, things like that, I think therapy and getting older and just having sound mind about myself, I'm like, what a bizarre thing to say to somebody. That didn't upset me. So things like that, that didn't even touch the side. But when it comes to, you know, stop talking on your own podcast and saying nasty things about my work and my podcast, that hurt more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's more personal. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who goes and says something like that to someone? I mean, obviously they have a lot of fear and anger and <laughs> some serious issues that need to be addressed in therapy. Still to come on the show, I continue to be a bit vulnies, getting triggered and how do we keep doing our thing when we're surrounded by some unwanted negative vibes? But first, a message from this week's sponsor, Casey. Casey are all about normalizing self-care and encouraging Kiwis to not feel guilty for taking care of themselves. They're here to empower you with the best advice, skincare and treatments to feel confident in your skin. We're joined by Casey's national skin trainer, Catherine. And Catherine, what's the importance of self-care when you notice with Casey clients, you know, making them feel good and, and for our mental health? Self-care is, I think it's the first thing that gets booted off our list. You know, it's the first thing that gets sacrificed when life becomes really busy and really stressful. And I think people have the idea in their head that taking time for themselves is like selfish, it's a little bit indulgent, it's, it's a bit of a treat. And I think we really try to stress to people that looking after yourself is so important because if you don't enhance your own well-being, you know, how are you supposed to help others? What's the link between skin and people's confidence? Oh my gosh, it's such a massive connection. Your skin, it's the outfit that you pick, it's your outfit that you can never take off really and everyone can see it but if you don't like it you can't just take it off and throw it on the floor and chuck on a new skin. What we really want to focus on with cases, we're never pushing a certain appearance. We're all about the customers. What do they want? What can we do to give people their confidence back? Thanks so much to Casey for making this episode of the Self Love Club possible. Start your journey to skin confidence and book a $70 skin conditioning treatment, usually $120, at casey.co.nz. And check out the reel I've made on Self Love Club podcast Instagram as I show you what it's like to get a treatment. Right, let's get back to the rest of our Therapy Sessions episode. I don't know what's happened to the world. Like, I used to think tall poppy syndrome was just a Kiwi thing. Like, as an American, when I came here, I had never even heard of the concept. Like, it was like, what do you, what do you mean? You mean success isn't good? Like, it was such a foreign concept to me. But from everything I can see that's going on in the States, it's it's happening there as well now. So I don't, I, it's keyboard warriors. They can, I think they're just venting at their own feelings of insecurity or feeling out of control in their own lives. And so to send them love and empathy and, and hope they get the help they need. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just worry that, you know, imagine if you said that to somebody who they don't know, maybe like people don't know what's going on in someone else's life. Someone could have said that to me and then, you know, I could have just had a miscarriage or no one knows my fertility history, you know. So I think regardless, and I, I don't think many people listen to this podcast say horrible things like that. There's beautiful, sweet people, but just never anything. Just be very careful what you say to somebody because you do not know what they're going through behind closed doors. You do not know what they've gone through. And like I said, I've had stuff, pretty full-on things happen during the time because it's life, right? We all have stuff going on at time to time and we handle it the best we can. While I've been doing this podcast over a three-year period and it just shows you that you need to be kind no matter what and you don't know what it's taken for someone to get to where they are. I use this platform to turn my own stuff I make it about everybody else again maybe that's a people pleaser thing maybe that's something for me but in some ways that's not always a very good thing because I make everything about everyone else so much that it's bad to yourself you know what I mean I think yeah. that's where social media can come into it as well I think I definitely overthink it but I struggle with it sometimes because obviously it's a it's an app that can be quite fake and when you're a real person on there it can I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody because I, I, I love it and I use it for my work and everything and I love connecting with people, but 
it's, you know, goes against what I'm about. I don't want to, sometimes I'll, you know, even during our lockdowns recently, I'm like, oh, I don't want to post that because I don't want to upset people that are in Auckland. Or I'm just very mindful of even if I have something new, I won't show it because I don't want someone to feel bad about themselves because I know what, I know what real life is like. And I'm, I'm very mindful through my time and, and whatever I do. I get to talk to a lot of people, so I know what everyday New Zealanders' lives look like. So I feel like I'm waffling on, and I'm going to have to cut this right down. I'm a bit nervous about talking about personal things. But basically, I think through doing this podcast, I turn it into shared conversations. It's not all about me. That's not that's not how it is. And, you know, I listen to my guests, and I, and I make it about them. So then when someone says, you know, oh, stop talking – it's like maybe I did that to myself by suppressing all my own stuff to make it about everyone else all the time. I created this to create real conversations and to help people and in a real but also a funny way. You know, it's we can this is why this is therapy sessions that is a bit loose, you know, because that's what life is like. So when I then speak up or introduce features, which I have, and there's been a lot of research that's gone onto it. Trust me. Um, I ask people what they want regularly in my audience. I ask my sisters, my friends. I, I've created content for a very long time and I and I know how to do that. I'm not saying I'm a know-it-all and I don't say I don't listen to other people because I definitely do. I want to make stuff that millennial women love. So yeah, when you introduce a new feature and then talk a bit more, oh, trust me. They do not like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head, though. I think it, it probably has been the fact. Maybe they're not used to it. You know, sir, I'm sure most people just love it because I love it. I love that you're talking more and you're sharing more. And I can see other people commenting on that as well. So I think it, it is having a really positive impact. But for other people that probably can't speak up for themselves, and aren't that honest and able to express themselves are probably the ones that are reacting. Mm. Telling the truth and being honest and just doing what the fuck I want to do has been the most life-changing thing I have ever done. Like to give you an example, I, in my first marriage, we used to drive eight hours with small children every Christmas to go and stay at his parents. And because I was such a people pleaser, I would spend the entire time cleaning and cooking. I would like give my mother-in-law pedicures, like while I had like babies and toddlers. And like, I would be like, felt like I was going to die of exhaustion by the end of the trip. Right. And everyone else is really relaxed. And I remember complaining to a group of girlfriends because it's like, we did it every year. And I was like, I just want one Christmas where it's just us. And we're, we don't have to like do all this because of my own fault of like, I basically, you know, created my own like nightmare situation. And I'm like, oh, I just don't want to go. But, you know, obviously I have to. And a friend of mine just turns to me and she's like, oh, no, well, just don't go. And I'm like, what What do you mean? And she's like, just just say no, I don't want to go. It was, I was like, well, I, I never even thought of that. What, you mean just say no, I don't want to do that? And she's like, uh, yeah, why the hell are you doing this? It's okay to say you want like every other year. Oh, like that had never occurred to me. To actually put my needs first. Like I just hadn't done that. Like my whole life, I hadn't done that. And so I did. And there was a massive pushback, but it was fine in the end. Think about the things that you're doing in your life that you don't want to do. Like some stuff we have to do, but there's stuff that we're doing that is stressing us out, that we are holding ourselves back and not being honest. And I think when you start really looking at those areas and figuring out how you can be honest about that and start having saying no and putting boundaries in, it will improve your life by such a enormous amount you will never even believe it. That is the key. And then you also teach other people that it's okay to be honest. Yeah, you're so right. That's such good advice. I think for a lot of us it is that innate need to please people and that by people treating us those ways, it just scratches at old bones of I'm not good enough or there's something wrong with me. And that's why a lot of us need to keep, because I mean, that's a very human thing. Like a lot of us, it's a very common thing people experience if we can keep going to therapy and trying to work on that, because it's really hard when it's so ingrained in you, you know, like myself, I'm very hard on myself. I'm an A type. I want to be doing really well. I do think what I'm doing is good, but I'm often like, it's hard to explain it. I can't really explain, but I... I never really think it's that good, but then I know what I'm doing is good. If that makes sense, it doesn't make sense. It's just... Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Like, I think when you are just doing something that's natural to you, it just seems natural and normal, and, and that's what I'm doing. Like, And I know that I'm able to help people, but I'm not doing that because 
that's an ego thing. It's just that I want to do it and I can't help but do this and I love it. But yeah, it is hard when you have been bullied throughout your life, had rough stuff happen and I'm not playing the victim because I'm not. I use all these things to make me very strong. You know, I nearly didn't get to finish broadcasting school because my eating disorder was so bad, my doctors didn't want me to go back. And I was like, nah, I am, I was 18, 19. I was like, nah, I am not letting something that's not ruining my life. It's ruining everything else in my life. Why would I let that ruin my dreams? So I have worked and fought very hard for what I have. And I, yeah, like you just don't know what someone's gone through to get to a certain place, you know. Mm. Just because someone, maybe you see them on the radio or the TV and maybe you think of them as not being human, but they are. And they have stuff going on behind the scenes too that is really hard. Like it's not an easy industry to work in. Let me tell you, it's brilliant. But, you know, there's stuff going on in everyone's lives and you just need to be nice and treat them like a human being. Yeah. And I think if you if you start to do some type of rant or review or message, like sometimes someone's giving you really bad service and they haven't made it right. Or, you know, there's times when it's okay. Hmm. But thinking someone talks too much on a podcast, like really? <laughs> Listen to another podcast. That is yeah. your solution. Or Don't thing, like a TV show? Yeah. Change a channel. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing. We are very grateful for having everyone listen, and thank you so much. I don't want you to think that I'm not grateful because I am, but mm. I, I hear my other friends who have podcasts, and, and they get really upset about it. I've had this for three years, and I didn't really get upset about it until recently when it started happening a bit more, and I was like, oh... And obviously, like, it's been a long time and then I guess everything gets pent up, especially when you're a people pleaser and you're like, I've been keeping everyone happy and now they're being mean to me. Oh. Um, everyone's <laughs> just taking. I've had a friend who started a podcast and she was finding it really hard and she was doing really good work. I was very proud of her and very supportive of her on my socials and to her personally. And, you know, it's really sad because she's putting herself out there doing something which is helping her employment and then people are coming on and like leaving a negative review on a podcast, you can't delete them, which is so annoying. Mm. And it actually affects the amount of listeners they're able to get and it affects them being able to monetize things. There's a lot of negativity towards people who work in entertainment or, you know, um, media or influencers or whatever. But no, they should be allowed to make money off their podcast because it's so much work. I don't think people realize. And But I I think about her. It's, you know, it's it was affecting that. And it makes me really sad. It's like this really stink. If you don't like it, just don't listen. Unsubscribe like the rest of us do if we don't like something. And move along your merry way because happy people, healthy, happy people don't have time to go leave mean comments or mean reviews. Like, have you ever left a troll comment on something on Facebook? Absolutely not. Never. Who has time for that? If you're doing cool shit with your life, who has time for that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I've left one one star <laughs> review once, and it was like through a Dyson. <laughs> who kept my what... vacuum cleaner for 12 weeks and wouldn't return it, you know, and was trying to charge me hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah, to... when you're receiving a service for free and you don't like it, like, just be kind because someone's working really hard for that. Yeah, before you do a nasty review or comment, think about, are you really upset with them or are you upset at something else in your life? And is there a way that you can, if you really think it's constructive criticism and they need to know this information, can you just send them a DM? Like you pretty much can send a private message to anyone these days. Yeah, I think it's just that. How would you like it if people were reviewing your work in a public forum, like all the time, who didn't even know you? Mm. And you think about like with a podcast, I mean, I don't know about you, but I spend three to four hours for every hour of podcast editing, like at least and that's like, yeah, that's that's minimum. My podcast so, has become I a full-time job and I'm very <laughs> lucky and grateful for that. And yeah, there's so much editing and to actually do one long term, like I don't have to, but I have done, I don't know, maybe that's that hard on myself thing and, and being a broadcaster, but I've literally released episodes pretty much every week for three years. And that's a lot of work <laughs> when you also have other a, jobs. And I literally started doing a, an interview series because I really wanted to speak to all these amazing people and, and make this thing. It was a real, you know, it was like from the heart creation that I made. And I really wanted to chat to these people, but there wasn't really a way to do that on a show. So I created it. And then it turned into a thing. Last year, most of my stuff got cancelled. 
but I was still making a podcast every week for everybody, even though I'm so hard on myself. And I work with an agency on that stuff. And they're like, Belle, you've basically been sponsored every week for like six months. That's like no one else does that. Like it's very hard, even internationally. Like it's true. Even internationally, no one really in the podcast world can seem to do that long term so for me to have that goal for myself and that pressure on myself is a lot but yeah there's just a lot that goes on behind people's jobs that they don't have to share with you because it's punishing chat and we just want to chat about cool things you know so I guess that's why I haven't really ever brought it up because it's all very behind the scenes info and but I don't have a workmate to really talk to about it so for me personally it can become quite hard when I'm spending like you know you know how long it takes hours and that's just the editing part that's not including all the video content um, that I create all the marketing that I do finances I have an incredible accountant that's also me you know there's so many other parts social media um, researching then doing the interview you know there's a lot that goes into it and I don't want this to sound like you know privileged people this is again me being a people pleaser worrying about everyone else I don't want it to sound like I'm being ungrateful that you know I'm moaning about my great job and being privileged because I don't do that and perhaps that's why I've gotten pissed off is because I haven't done it for so long that now I'm like fuck you old (laughs) I'm just getting annoyed yeah Yeah, I'm getting annoyed actually yeah it's just making me sad I think more than anything because I see the bigger picture of we live in this world where people don't want us to love ourselves they want you to feel shit about yourself people are jealous they're threatened there's so much internal misogyny again you've got to focus on the positive there are some beautiful people out there but I just feel like it's a real shame when you're out there trying to help out and then people come shit in your special cute place. You know what I mean? Yeah, when I was getting like those real nasty messages for the radio, one of the other people on the show, a guy named Sam Wallace, and he was like, oh, oh, you're getting hate mail? Oh, yeah, now you know you're somebody. Like, if you don't have hate mail, you're a loser. Mm-hmm. And he completely reframed it for me that I was like, oh, okay, good. He's like, yeah, you've made it now. Like the other thing is like, if you have a lot of people listening and you still don't get hate mail, you're still being too vanilla. You're still trying to please everybody. So you want to please yourself, do what you want to do. And there's going to people be people who love it. And there's going to be people who hate it. And who cares about the people who hate it? They should just go do something else. Why do you think it increases when something builds? Like, why is that? Because I think that's something, maybe that's what I'm noticing without sounding like a love me, like, oh, my thing's blowing up again. We're like a humble down to earth culture here. I hear other girls, there's a podcast I listen to and I heard them speak about similar. You get to a point where it blows up bigger than you ever thought. And then you're like, oh, is, is it a sign of things getting bigger? Like, what does it mean? Like, because why haven't you noticed it so much before? I think it's a sign you're getting bigger, but I also think it's a sign you're being more honest and you're really putting yourself out there in a more vulnerable way. And for some people that can be triggering or they have this expectation of how things should be or that's what it always seems to happen, right? You get the bigger it gets, the more hate mail you get. For you, it is. You're 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 changing it up, which you've got to. You cannot just keep no. things always exactly the same. Like, how boring. Like, change or die. That's my motto. Yeah. And if they really cared, they would send you a private DM and just say, hey, I've just noticed, you know. Blah, you know, blah. I've never got one. And again, these are very small amounts compared to the thousands of beautiful messages. Then you focus, again, you focus on the bad ones. Why do we do that? But no one's ever sent me an email about, like anything it's just always a trolley review or a mean message <laughs> yeah. I've gotten emails <laughs> you, you say like and you know too much <laughs> so I've gotten very good at editing those ones out I, whenever I get it I'm like ooh, I'm doing something yeah I'm putting myself out there I've like just really learned to reframe it as I'm being more honest I'm being more open and therefore I'm triggering people so yeah. all good Yeah, but isn't it interesting that by being yourself and being a good person, like I'm not out here saying like racist, horrible, nasty things and people don't like that. Isn't that interesting? Mm. I guess in humans, we are innately wanting to be liked. You can come out there, be a good person and people still don't like you. And I think that's something I've noticed since I was a little kid. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. Why are they mean to me? And I've read books, uh, Pandora Sykes in her latest book, she wrote about noticing when she was a child that she wanted everyone to like her. And I think that's just something that a lot of us have experienced. When people are triggered by what you're doing, it's normally something about themselves right? You spot it, you got it. That's what I always say to my clients. If someone thinks you talk too much, it's probably because they talk too much. And it's something about them. It, it, 100%. 
we're always triggered more by things that we don't like about ourselves or we're repressing that then we see it someone else and we're like, oh my God, that's horrible. How dare they do that? But it really is our own stuff. It's that projection that we're putting onto someone else or that trait that we're trying to suppress or don't like. You are so right. You know, when a brand or a business or anything, I know from working in radio, when you try something new, people just don't like change. And there's reasons why we all do things, whether it's in, you know, people listening, your life or your business or or your business, Caroline, you know, there's reasons we try things differently. And there's other content oh. I want to do. There's other content the audience wants. There's so many things we can be talking about and it's still relevant to our audience and, and millennial, like I make content for millennial women. But yeah, I remember there was, and this is the thing, I didn't get upset by this, but I'm just giving you an example. Someone said, oh, in a review, New show style isn't working for me. Miss the original one. And it's like, if you look back, the last six episodes were all guest interviews like you're used to. And then there's one show and then you just can't, you can't please everybody because they just, they don't pay attention. So, you know, like I'm still doing the original stuff I did. I've just had to keep up and freshen it and do new things because that's fun. And that's why I'm still doing it. Yeah. You just got to focus on being authentic, doing what you want to do. And you can't control how other people are going to receive what you put out there. You have no control. So you just got to get busy loving yourself and speaking your truth. And that's going to resonate with people at such a deeper level. It's a lifelong practice learning to love yourself and to not people please, but it's so worth it. But just know it's like, no matter how far you get, there's still work to do. And that's why we're here, right? Yeah. We also get tested. Like I'm quite a spiritual person. And I think that when we decide we're going to change something or we're going to stop a behavior, that that's when I find it like shows up or things will happen that trigger it again. And it's almost like the universe going, oh, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to be a people pleaser? Here, let me give you a bunch of bad reviews that are going to mess with your head. And, you know, yeah. so I think I think that's what the universe does. And we can use that as an opportunity to go, absolutely, I'm going to change this and I'm not going to get sucked into that same old pattern or we can go back. But I think also the people complaining in your, your reviews are people who probably are women who are stressed out completely. And so they're complaining to make themselves feel better about something minor when the real issue is something else in their lives. Yeah, that's it. We've just got to try separate it and not take things so personally. And I think that's a really good tip to actually practice because you know, if you can separate it and see people's behavior for what it is, then maybe we wouldn't take it so personally and we wouldn't let it railroad or affect us so much. So I think that's something we could all definitely benefit from doing a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. What I used to say to people, like, I remember some guy getting some road rage thing with me. I can't even remember over what, but he literally like chased me into a shopping center with my daughters. And I was like, screw this. And I get out of the car and he's like, come stomping up to me. And I was like, oh, did your mama not breastfeed you? Is that why you're so angry? And he was like, what? What did laugh? And they like, so they're shaking and he's like, Wah! and he just turned around and walked away. I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> my advice is use humor as much mm. as you can. Like, Yeah, you can't be everything. I think I am learning that, but it's just a work in progress. You can't be everything to everybody. You've got to focus yeah. on what you can do and what you want to do. Living my life for myself and stopping people pleasing, which is it's still a work in progress. I'm just happier and happier. And I think that's kind of what happens as you get older. Mm -hmm. I think you just stop caring so much and you're just like, I don't, yeah, especially with like women, but men as well. We just stop giving a shit what people think and we just do what we want to do. And we're like infinitely happier. So some of that just comes with age and, and wisdom and experience. But yeah, for me, as someone who that's all I did was people plays, being told I was a manipulative with that was really, that was quite powerful. I mean, it was being like slapped in the face, really, because I didn't think of it that way at all. Me not being honest or me going along with things that I didn't agree with isn't being authentic, right? And it is being manipulative because you are trying to control an outcome by not being totally honest. So it's just fascinating. There's so much to it. Yeah. Yeah. The best advice I can give is just stop it. Whenever you feel yourself starting to do it, it's kind of tap in and go, who is this in me? Because it's normally a younger part that's mm -hmm. learned how to do that. And you know, younger part of your personality that's like, this is how I have to behave to get love or to be safe. But there is going to be pushback when you start to change, when you start to say, no, I don't want to do that. 
But just know that's all right. The only people that get upset at you not having boundaries are the ones who benefit from you not having them. So mm-hmm. it's it always says more about the other person. Yeah, we'll continue this conversation. I feel like there's so much more mm-hmm. we could chat about on another episode and we will deep dive into boundaries. I think that's a whole topic in itself. But yeah, you've shared some mm-hmm. tips of things we can do and like what are some other strategies and things that we could do that would be helpful when you're doing that then what do you do from that point? Probably maybe not right in the middle of when you're doing it, but have some awareness of here we go again. Okay, here we go. And give the part of yourself that people please is a name, right? Give them a name, whatever it is, and tell yourself you're going to have awareness, but have a little chat with that part. And you can do that just through writing. It's like, when did this start? Where did you have to do this in your life? Really looking at what did you have to do to get love and acceptance in your family? And what happened when you didn't do those things? And when you start to look at it, you can see the big picture. But I think the other thing is is to create another identity of someone who doesn't people please, of someone who is honest. And so when working with clients, if they're just a people pleaser through and through like I was, it's getting them to almost create a new identity of someone who doesn't do those things, of someone who doesn't give a shit what people think. And sometimes they can do that. They can think of a friend or a family member who just is totally honest and doesn't people please. And you can imagine stepping into their shoes and how you would change or you can do an actor. I mean, yeah, but it's it's create. You've got to create a new identity because if you don't create a new identity of someone, it's you're just going to default back into those old patterns over and over and visualize yourself being how you want to be. Yeah, you've got to work with the subconscious with this too. Because yeah, consciously we can go, I'm not going to do that. But the second we get stressed or put on the spot or something happens, we just slip right into the subconscious program. So go see a hypnotherapist, go get therapy to work on it. But there's some really good books like Radical Honesty is a great book. There's another one that's really good. Let me just, what's it called? The Disease to Please. <laughs> not nice. Stop people pleasing, staying silent and feeling guilty for saying that. Or I need to consume yeah, yeah. all of this. I've also been, I've got a copy at my place in Auckland, which I'm away from at time of recording. And But I've been listening to the audiobook of Glennon Doyle's Stop Pleasing, Start Living. And I've also been listening to her podcast, which has some really great stuff on it. So that's something I've been finding helpful as well. Yeah. Oh, I love Glennon Doyle yeah, and amazing. Abby Wombach. Yeah. So oh. I'm just sort of getting into it now. I bought the book ages ago, started reading it. Of course, didn't finish it. Literally, I need to read it. It's one of those ones that would probably fall on my head right about now. But I got the audio version while I'm in a different city so I can listen to it, listen to her podcast. Um, And yeah, it's just I'm really aware of it. So it's something I want to work on. Like we all do. Like we can all work on these things and that makes us better for ourselves and better for everyone else so yeah i hope everyone enjoyed this chat obviously a little bit different getting a little bit volneys which is always um i find hard sometimes because i'm i'm like well how do i frame this especially when it's sharing i guess behind the scenes info that's not really something we usually talk about on podcasts but thank you caroline for your time and your support through this conversation and yeah i really appreciate we really appreciate having you on people are getting a lot out of these episodes so i thank you so much Oh, thank you for having me. No, I love it. It's good. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone delve into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abel Crawford and we'll catch you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.